We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Wednesday night. We are your home for Thursday Night Football, by the way. Uh, Tomorrow's game, one of the more uh, interesting teams this year in the NFL. Who had the Philadelphia Eagles as the 7-0 team going into a week number nine? Interesting because they're 7-0, not interesting because of who they're playing in the Houston Texans. But a lot of interesting storylines, a lot going on uh, with the Washington Commanders. Talk all things uh, NFL football. Very happy to uh, welcome in a guy who works with uh, football outsiders. They are as good as it gets when it comes to uh, data and analytics and football. And football seemingly is a little bit behind some of the other sports when it comes to that. But at Football Outsiders, they do a great job, also contributes to uh, the New York Times. He is Mike Tanier. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike, T-A-N-I-E-R. Mike, thanks so much for uh, taking some uh, time with us today. How are you? You got greetings from Philadelphia, where the Eagles are 7-0 and and the second most interesting team in the city. That is true, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's 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 interesting right now because I mean it, this happens in sports so often where for whatever reason you'll go through these surges where certain areas are, are really going well, and uh, Phillies, uh, Philadelphia sports fans have a good right now with the Eagles and the Phillies. Absolutely, we haven't had like all the teams in play. Even the soccer team is doing well. Haven't seen anything like this since about 1980. I was 10 years old back then, so it's exciting for me and my neighbors to see what's going on around Philadelphia right now. The Flyers stink, though. <laughs> the Flyers stink, but the Sixers have high expectations. This... If all five of those teams and Villanova uh, basketball were good at the same time, the city would catch fire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, and look, I know your expertise comes into X's and O's, and like I mentioned a moment ago, the the data and the analytics. But I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the big story of the day, yeah. and that comes down to the Washington Commanders, who uh, the investigation continues. They're accused of some financial improprieties that you would think every other NFL owner would want uh, the Snyders out. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence that earlier in the day we learned that they're at least talking about selling the team, whether that's actually selling the team or selling minority stakes. We don't really know. But, man, th- this this Washington story just keeps getting worse and worse uh, every week, seemingly. Yeah, it's escalating quickly, and it's worse and worse for the commanders. But it's better and better for people who want Dan Snyder out of the NFL and out of the public eye and on his yacht in international waters where he can do the least harm to people. And what it looks like is happening, I think we were all kind of blindsided by the news that, yeah, they've hired Bank of America uh, to, like, oversee the sale of at least some portion of the team. And it, it develops later that they appear to be or be alleged of or there are allegations or uh, uh, an investigation into whether they were hiding money that was supposed to be shareable revenue with the other owners and that they were keeping it for themselves. Now, there is nothing that the other owners 
will not forgive. They will forgive anything involving uh, sexism, racism, anything else. They will forgive all of that stuff. But if you're not sharing the money you're supposed to share with them, that's the unfor- that's the hanging offense, and that might be what has precipitated Dan Snyder and, and his family to suddenly want to sell that team. Yeah, sometimes you look for signs, and I know like like a Jim Irsay, he pops off, but mm-hmm. he 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 popped off about uh, Snyder, and all of a sudden it's an NFL owner talking about another NFL owner. And there was a night right. recently where Al Michaels uh, on the broadcast talked about uh, Snyder, and you feel like he's getting his uh, marching orders probably largely from the NFL. It just feels like there's been enough little things out there that it kind of feels like the NFL wants Dan Snyder out. The NFL wants him out. The other owners, some of them are legitimately angry about various allegations in terms of the way he runs the business. Ursay certainly falls into that category. The others who, again, would turn a blind eye to a lot of things, if they start hearing there was money, and it sounds like the money that was like from Washington Commanders and football team games was getting rerouted and claiming it was from soccer games or tractor pulls or whatever. If that kind of thing is what's really going on, again, all of a sudden that sort of, hey, we're a fraternity and we're going to help you out, all of a sudden that dries up and goes the other way. I'll say one more thing about it. You know, Snyder grasps and hold on, holds on to this team because of the, the esteem, because of like the, the, the fame and the adulation that comes from being an NFL owner. He's not getting any fame and adulation right now. He's taking the opposite of it. At some point, the thing that becomes the selling point of holding on to this team starts to become a detriment, and I think Snyder may have turned that point, the corner at that point. All right, let's get into the actual teams a little bit. The Philadelphia Eagles are the only 7-0 and team in the NFL, but it certainly feels like, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, whether it's the Kansas State Chiefs, the Eagles probably aren't the best team in the NFL. Where do you stand on this? Just how good are the Eagles? Well, I'll tell you right now, out of Football Outsiders and our DVOA rankings, which are our power rankings, the Bills are number one, the Eagles are number two, and the Chiefs are number three. I think most Eagles fans would be okay with that. Say, so, yeah, we recognize that the Bills are playing a tougher schedule right now. Kind of took one loss to the Dolphins along the way, but look stronger week in and week out. But I will tell you, you opened up by saying, who thought the Eagles would be 7-0? and I'll tell you, my boss at Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz, he was on ESPN. He was in the NFL Network. He had the Eagles as the Super Bowl pick in the NFC, mm-hmm. citing the strength of that roster and the ease of the schedule. If you look at the Eagles' schedule moving forward, there is, except for like their rematch with the Cowboys, the hardest team I think they face down the road is the Titans. There is nothing on this schedule. And that starts, of course, with a Thursday night game against a very beatable Texans team. Well, and it helps them that maybe some teams that we thought a little bit more of when the season got started. They've got the Packers on the schedule. Packers yeah. haven't been good. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect of the Colts this year, but they have not been especially good. Cowboys are all right, but the Saints, obviously, uh, are a team that's not doing anything. They've been helped out by some of these teams that maybe we had higher expectations for that have not come through this year. Exactly right. And the flip side of that is I think most of us had like a three-win Giants team in our head. And while they might, the Giants may be fading back to the pack, uh, a little very stronger team. But you're right, you look down at these things. And the Packers, I think most people will agree they're still a tough app, but they're not what they were. The Colts, the Eagles faced the Colts in a couple of weeks, and that's a team that looked pretty strong entering the season. They are circling the drain right now. They're trading ac- assets. They're firing coaches. So it goes, and, and, of course, with the Eagles already being 7-0, and it's hard to envision a scenario where they – don't make the playoffs where they don't get a high seed in the playoffs and then put themselves in the position to face even a team in the playoffs like the Rams or the Vikings who they already beat that they should be able to get to the later rounds against. Mike Daniel from Football Outsiders continuing to join us here on Sports Open Line. It's so tough 
to add players midseason that can make a huge difference just when you think about NFL playbooks and integrating with teams. Is there any team, though, in the trades that have been made here over the last couple of days, is there any team that you felt like made themselves noticeably better? There were two, and I'll start with the one that was most interesting to me, the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team that's 6-1. and one. Again, we kind of sleep on them because it's the same old Vikings we've seen for years. They added T.J. Hawkinson from the Lions, and we all know the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, and they have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, two good receivers, two great receivers. They haven't had much at tight end since Kyle Rudolph got older. So now they bring in TJ Hawkinson. That's a guy who works underneath. Kirk Cousins likes to work underneath and try to distribute those short balls and try to get yak. That's Hawkinson's game. That was a big move for the Vikings as they try to push for the Super Bowl. The other one I think was on everybody's radar. Miami Dolphins added Bradley Chubb of the Denver Broncos as an edge rusher. Dolphins' offense is crushing it. Nobody can cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at the same time. Two is finding it easy to just get the ball out there and, and rack up big points. Now the Dolphins add an edge rusher. This is a team that we sleep on. They're 5-3. and three. A couple of their losses came when Tua was injured, when other guys on their line were injured. That's another team. They've got the Bears next week. They can make a run for the playoffs with Bradley Chubb as their edge rusher. So I'll be honest with you. I don't get the Dolphins. And the reason I don't get the Dolphins is because all they do is win games when two is playing. All they do is lose games when he's not playing. And this is no disre- This is not like the game-changing top quarterback in the no. NFL. Like he's a nice, respectable quarterback. But it, this is this is not the. You know, it, I just don't understand how this guy is making this kind of impact. Here's the secret that everybody lost track of. When Tua got hurt, left tackle Teron Armstead got hurt. That's an all-pro left tackle. He got replaced with guys who were not up to snuff. So Bridgewater was out there. He had no protection. And while he's a good guy to kind of, hey, here, Tyreek, take the short pass and run. Here, Jalen Wild, take the short pass and run. Teddy Bridgewater can normally do that, but he couldn't because the, the defense was breathing down his neck. Tua has generally had good protection, and he is, like you said, a nice piece kind of quarterback. He can quickly get the ball to those receivers. Those receivers cannot be covered, and he's getting 8, 10, 12-yard passes that turn into 15, 20, 25-yard chunks, and that's that, that's the secret for the Dolphins, and that's why they were able to come back. And remember, they beat teams like the Bills and the Ravens with that formula. All right, so um, we're the uh, Kansas City Chiefs radio affiliate here in the St. Louis area, okay. and – the Bills obviously beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago, but we've seen that happen in the regular season. And then when the Bills and Chiefs play in the postseason, the Chiefs <laughs> tend to win those games. And the Bills have been doing everything that they can to find a way to beat the Chiefs in the postseason. If, if that's the AFC championship, if it's Bills-Chiefs, and that, would, that game would probably be played in Buffalo the way things sit right now, is this the year where the Bills have enough to beat Kansas City in the playoffs? This is the year where the Bills have enough to beat Kansas City in the playoffs. They, they added another piece. They added uh, Naheem Hines, so they've got like another running back with a lot of speed they can kind of flare the ball to. And the Chiefs have, a, have done a phenomenal job uh, turning the page from Tyreek Hill, bringing in other receivers, shoring up their defense. They are as strong as ever. You can't say that about every team that lost a top receiver this year. You can't say that against the, about the Packers. The Chiefs were certainly able to do that. If they go in to Buffalo in January and they have to face the Bills, all I can say is they have to bring their A game from a pass protection standpoint. They have to bring their A game from a tackling standpoint. If they do those things, they can certainly beat the Bills. But if they go out there as the Chiefs, as they sometimes do, and are sometimes a little mistake-prone on defense, have some lapses on offense, do the penalty thing, as I'm sure Chiefs fans tear their hair out with a 30-yard pass gets turned into a holding penalty, if that kind of thing's happened, the Bills are a stronger 
team this year, and they will be able to take the Chiefs in the playoffs. The Bills are getting Tredavious White back, but uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Jordan Poyer hurt his elbow. They went and traded for Dean Marlowe. It just it are there a question mark? If there is a question mark, does it come from them defensively? It does come from them defensively, but one of the question marks a lot of us had is how are they going to endure until Tredavious White returns? So they had you know Dane Jackson and and, and Elam, the rookie, and another rookie, and that was their secondary. And they've been fine. They've been fine because they have an outstanding pass rush. They're fundamentally sound in the middle of the field. Yeah, they, they've lost Hoyer and, and, and uh, uh, excuse me, Hyde at different points. And, of course, they're very strong on offense. So one thing about the Bills is they're so deep and they're so strong at so many different areas, they can overcome a weakness here or there. So getting Trey White back kind of like offsets the loss of Poyer and still makes them the team to beat in the AFC. Mike, I want you to give a plug for Football Outsiders because we don't talk yeah. about advanced statistics in football very much. That's a baseball thing. Occasionally we get into it in basketball, a little bit in hockey. Football at times seems a little bit behind, but you guys lead the way at Football Outsiders. If people go uh, to, to footballoutsiders.com, what can they see and what can they learn about the game? Well, from a stat standpoint, you get uh, splits and breakdowns, our exclusive DVOA statistic, which will help you rank not just teams, not just quarterbacks, et cetera, but teams on third downs, teams in the red zone, uh, teams on running plays, passing plays, et cetera, all kinds of stats and splits like that. And it's not just stats and splits, but we have a lot of articles. We have film breakdowns by Derek Klassen, who's been doing it for years. I come in and kind of do my jokes and things and then break down the stats. Aaron Schatz, who's been a leader in the industry, the Bill James of football for 20 years, comes in every week and tells you what it all means. You get all of that. A lot of it's free. If you really want the breakdowns and want to see uh, fantasy information, how teams do against number one receivers, how teams do against number two receivers, so you can put your fantasy lineups in, that requires an FO Plus membership. Very affordable. Check out the site and you can find out what that's all about. He is uh, Mike Tanier at Mike T A N I E R on Twitter. Great stuff. Hopefully, we can have you on again. Really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Take care and go Phillies. All right. Very good. There's uh, Mike Tanier. Uh, by the way, World Series is underway. Top of the second inning, scoreless. The uh, Astros and the Phillies, a borderline must win game for Houston. The Astros are batting right now in the top of the second. Runners on at the corners and one out. If anything changes, we will certainly uh, let you know as the evening goes along. We're going to continue this NFL conversation up next, though. We'll talk a bit about the situation involving the Washington Commanders. It's not good. It's not good, but we could say that about that franchise for a long time. There's been a lot of bad stuff happening uh, under the leadership, if you want to call it that, of Dan Snyder. We'll discuss next at Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.